Praise the Lord, friends, and welcome to the broadcast. I'm so glad that you tuned in today. We've been teaching all of this week on walking in the supernatural. In fact, I've spent three lessons just teaching on lesson number one that I have in this three CD series. So you can get this three CD series. I'm going to be in the beginning of lesson two number day, today, but we'll get about half of the material in these four broadcasts. But you can get this CD series and you can get all this material. You know, we're talking about walking in the supernatural. God wants you as a believer to walk in the supernatural. If your life is not supernatural, your life is superficial. And when we're talking about the supernatural, the supernatural is not just for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The supernatural is for the body of Christ. You know, Jesus said this. He said, the same works that I do and greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my Father. We're going to talk about that today in John chapter 15. John chapter 14, excuse me. We're going to talk about redemption and the authority of the believer. And because of what Jesus accomplished in his death, burial, and resurrection, because of redemption, we as believers can rise up in our authority, in the power of attorney that Jesus gave us to use his name. And we can go forth and we can see the power of God manifest in people's lives. We can see people set free by the power of God. Amen? Over the years, we've seen many people set free by the power of God. You know, Barbara and I have been pastoring well over 30 years. And from the onset of our ministry, we have seen people healed, set free from things that the doctors said were incurable. Amen? I'm here to tell you that nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible to those who believe. You know, in 1990, there was a woman that came to our church while we were pastoring in Kit Carson. We pioneered a church in Kit Carson, Colorado with a group of believers there in 1988. We built the physical building in 1989. Dr. Lester Sumrall came and dedicated it. But in 1990, we had a woman come and she had been to Mayo Clinic. She had been diagnosed with cancer, they said, you have less than six months to live. Go set your affairs in order and prepare to die. And she came to our church and we laid hands on her and prayed for her. We also went to her house and gave her some scriptures on three to five cards. One of them was this in Psalm 118, verse 17, I will not die, but uh, live and declare the works of the Lord. And we told her, you speak this morning, noon, and night, every time you think about it, speak this scripture. But a couple weeks after we laid hands on her and prayed for her, she went to, came to Colorado Springs. She had a checkup and the doctor said, where did you go and get that cancer frozen? That cancer, however he looked at it, appears to be frozen. She said, I haven't been anywhere except the church. Do you know that was over 30 years ago? That was in 1990. And I, she's been in my church in the last 30 days. She is healed. She is whole. She is well. She is strong. You know what? God takes things that the world says are impossible and all things are possible to those who believe. All things are possible with God. So your situation is not impossible. There is a God, he is real, praise God. And we can, by faith, reach into the grace of God, reach into the things that Jesus provided for every believer in his death and resurrection. And we can, we can by faith, receive those things, receive those promises in our life and see the power of the Holy Spirit manifest those things. And so we're gonna be talking about that today. We're gonna be talking about operating in authority as a believer. Now, in Acts chapter 1, the scripture says in verse 1, this former treaty have I written, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. 
You see, Jesus started out doing this when he was on the, on, in the earth, but he, did, he just started out. He didn't, he didn't finish. The, the thing is, he has, he's still doing these things, and he does them through his body, which is the church, according to Ephesians chapter 1, the fullness of him who fulfills all things or carries out all things. So Jesus is the head. We are the body, and, and we carry out the, the will of Jesus on the earth. We carry out his word. And so we're going to go into these scriptures and see, and we're going to talk about taking our God-given authority and walking in the ability of Jesus. We're going to begin, first of all, here in John chapter 14. Uh, we're going to be reading verse 10, and we'll actually read on down through verse 18. Now, I've quoted some of these things all this week, but I want to get right into the scripture and see what it says. You know, in, in John chapter 14, Jesus is preparing his disciples uh, for his departure, and they're struggling. In fact, Thomas says to him in verse 5, he says, Lord, uh, we don't know where you go. How can we know the way? And, and you know, these are, these are the Jesus taught people. He's been, he spent well over two years with them, and they're still struggling. And, G, and, and Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father by me. In verse 8, Philip, his disciple, says to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will be sufficient. And Jesus replies to him in verse 9, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. And how do you say, show us the Father? Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of myself. But the Father dwells in me and he does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I tell you, he who believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Praise God. So when you look at this, Jesus is speaking. And he's, he's saying, don't you believe that I'm in the Father? And the words that I speak, they're my Father's words. And I'm not speaking them of myself. And my Father does the works. In other words, if you want to see the Father's works, you need to speak the Father's words. He says, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or believe me for the very work's sake. If you can't believe my message, just believe my works. Praise God. Then he goes on and says, verily, verily, truly, truly, I tell you, Jesus was no liar. I love something my son Aaron teaches. He said, Jesus was either a lunatic or he was liar, or he was Lord. Amen? And as you study it out, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? And he demonstrated his lordship. God made Jesus Lord when he raised him from the dead. But he says, believe me. He that believeth on me. This is in John 14, 12. The works that I do shall he do also. We can do the same things that Jesus did. He goes on and says, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. You know, the Bible actually says that as many as Jesus touched were made every bit whole. And as many as touched him were made whole. And in the book of Acts chapter 5, they brought the sick and laid him in the street. And as many of them as touched the, the shadow of Peter were healed. So that's an example. Now, I believe ultimately the greater work is the work of redemption. 
the work of salvation because salvation, I'm talking about spiritual salvation, was not even an option until the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So I, he says, greater works than these shall he do, whoever believes on me because I go to my father. So you, we should be doing the same thing that Jesus, what was Jesus doing? He was healing the sick. He was casting out devils, right? He was delivering the oppressed. He was feeding the hungry. We ought to be doing the same exact words that Jesus was doing. Praise God. Now, the same works that I do and greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my father. You know, I have this little, probably five-year-old girl and she was in church, the early service here, just a few Sundays back and her parents told me, she said, I want to be going around and I want to be preaching and teaching and singing. I said, well, praise God. That's almost like the ministry of Jesus because Jesus went about preaching and teaching and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The Bible talks about this. And in Mark chapter, Matthew chapter four, it talks about at the end of the chapter, uh, Matthew chapter nine, the end of the chapter, it talks about Jesus went preaching the gospel of the kingdom, teaching in their synagogues and healing every kind of sickness and every kind of disease among the people and healing everyone. Jesus had a ministry, preaching and teaching and healing. And you know, people today will make fun of people who preach the healing power of God. People will make, but you know what? Jesus preached and Jesus taught and Jesus healed. And Jesus said the same works that I do, he who believes on me and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. You know, recently they had a debate in our town by one of the pastors who's my friend, a spirit-filled believer, and by another pastor of a traditional church. And they were, they were, you know, this is crazy. They were debating whether, you know, uh, the miracles have ceased. And this one church, they believe in cessation. Well, I'm here to tell you miracles have not ceased. I've, we've had lots of miracles in our church and we continue to see miracles, praise God. And did you know what? Miracles are for today, praise God. And we can have miracles today and miracles. I had one of my staff members ask me just the other day, what excites you? I'm telling you the miracle power of God excites. It excites me when people get saved, when people get healed, when people get set free by the power of God, when people get filled with the Holy Ghost, it's exciting to me, amen? When we see, see people blessed and God helps them in all kinds of different ways. But Jesus basically said, he who, whoever believes on me, the same works that I do in greater works than these shall, shall you do also because I go to my Father. Now, what did Jesus do when he went to the Father? He paid the price of redemption. I literally believe that Jesus took his blood and put it in the heavenly throne room on the altar before God and the blood of Jesus cries out from the throne of God, righteous and redeemed, blessed and healed, praise God. I, I believe that. Now, you, you think maybe I'm a little crazy, but you think whatever you want to think. I, I believe Jesus took his blood. If you read Hebrews uh, chapter 9, chapter 10, it talks about this, that the patterns of earthly things, they, they, they use the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer and these unclean things. But he said the things in heaven that follow this pattern must be pur purged with better sacrifice than these. And I believe the better sacrifice is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I believe it's the blood of Jesus that paid for our healing. It's the blood of Jesus that paid for our peace. It's the blood of Jesus that paid, amen, for our forgiveness and our healing. And it's the blood of Jesus that's paid for our prosperity. And if you start believing that, you're actually believing in the grace of God. Amen. Because that's saying Jesus paid it all. Amen. Now, he says, and whatsoever, not only are you going to do the same works because redemption, I'm going to my father, but whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son. 
I, I, you know, wholly believe that a lot of us just don't ask enough things in the name of Jesus. And we need, to, we need to be asking, praise God, I've asked for some big things in the name of Jesus. I am believing God today for more than I've ever believed for before. And I tell you what, I've seen a lot of good things. God has helped me. God has blessed me. God has blessed my children. God has blessed my family. God has blessed my church. We have seen amazing things, but I believe we haven't seen anything yet. I believe the best is always yet to come in Jesus. And so he says, whatever you ask in my name. Did you know Jesus gave us the power of attorney to use his name? And the number one reason that we can use his name is because he died and rose again because he shed his blood, because redemption has been paid. Amen? And so he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Praise God. We have been given the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus. He goes on and says this in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. The word here for comforter is the Greek word parakletos, talking about the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, the um, advocate, the intercessor, the aid, the assistant, one who pleads in others case. Thank God for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to pray for the Father and he'll give you another comforter, another helper, another advocate, another intercessor, another aid, another assistant, one who's going to plead your case that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of the truth, whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. You have to be born again to receive the Holy Spirit. He says, because it does not see him, neither know him, but you know him for he dwells with you. I believe the Holy Spirit dwelt with the disciples in the person of Jesus. But he says, he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. This is verse 18, but I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. That, that word comfortless in the Greek, I believe is the word orphanos. I'm not going to leave you as orphanous, but I, I'm going to come to you. Thank God. You know, my father died when I was 17 years old, but Jesus is with me. He's never left me. The Holy Spirit is with me. He's never left me. And I've done fine, praise God, because I had a, a relationship with Jesus. And I had the, 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 you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. And he's helped me so much. And I just thank God for the Holy Spirit. But you know, Jesus gave us the power of attorney to use his name and to move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit to see people set free. And so as we walk in authority as believers, there's power in the name of Jesus. It was paid for in redemption. It's promised in the word. Jesus went on to say this in John chapter 15, verse 7. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You know, there's only two things that, that the believer needs to do to have every prayer answered. Jesus said, if you buy, abide in me, take up residence in me and my word has taken up residence in you. You ask whatever you want and it'll be given to you. Praise God. Are you abiding? Have you taken up residence in Christ? Are you allowing his word to take up residence in you? Are, are you letting the word of God being, be, be the prominent uh, you know, thing in your life? You need to let the word of God be prominent and prevalent in your life. You, you need to let the word of God call the shots. You know, Jesus goes on and he says this. And so, you know, we've got power in the name of Jesus. We have authority in the name of Jesus. It's paid for in redemption. Jesus said in John 14, 12, because I go to my father, you ask whatever you will in my name and it'll be done. It's promised in the word of God. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you want and it'll be given to you. John 15, 7. It's possible through the call of God. Look at this in John 15, verse 15 and 16. He says, from this point, I do not call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master does, but I've called you friends for all things that I've heard of my father I made known to you. You know, I can have a servant that's doing a job. Maybe I have a plan to build, uh, you know, a, you know a, 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 say a barn and, and a corral and a, and a property. And, and I can have a friend out there digging holes to, 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 to build a fence. And he doesn't even know what the end project, but he knows what he's supposed to do. And Jesus said this, or I can have a servant out there, but if my friend comes by, I talk to my friend and I share with my friend my heart. My friend goes out there and he sees my servant digging holes to put up a fence and he realizes I've got a fence, I've got a crell, I've got a barn. He realizes all these things about my plan because he's my friend, because we communicate. Jesus said, I'm not calling you servants. Did you know the Old Testament made you servants? The New Testament makes you sons. But Jesus said, I've called you friends. Servants, Old Testament, friends, gospels, sons, epistles. Amen. So we're no longer even, we're no longer servants, but sons of God. But my friend, my son can drive by and see my servant doing a job. And my servant just knows that he's doing this job, but he doesn't see the overall picture. But my son has the overall picture. My son can actually give direction to the situation because he sees the overall picture. He knows where we're going. He knows what we're trying to accomplish. He knows me because he knows me. He knows my heart. So Jesus says, listen, he says, from this point, I'm not calling you servants for the servant does not know what his Lord does, but I've called you friends for all things I've heard of my father. I made known to you. Jesus said, I took the things that are my father's and I showed them to you. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. This is John 15, 16. And ordained you that you would go and bring forth fruit and your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. Praise God. I've chosen you. I've ordained you that you should go, that you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit would remain. That whatever you ask the father and what are you asking God in Jesus name? He may give to you these things I command you that you love one another. So we have power in the name of Jesus. We've been given the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus. That's been given us, number one, because of redemption. Number two, to fulfill the promise of the word. Number three, to fulfill the call of God. But number four, because, it, it, because of the power of the resurrection. Listen to what Jesus said in John 16. Verse 23 and verse 24, look at what he says here. He says, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. He's talking about the day that he's raised from the dead. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. Here too, have you asked nothing in my name? Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. This is the power of the resurrection working in you. So in John 14, 15 and 16, Jesus is preparing his disciples, those closest to him, for his departure. And he says, listen, I'm going to leave, but don't worry, because the Holy Spirit's going to come. And he really focuses on two things in preparing them for his departure. Number one, you're not going to be orphaned. You're not going to be on your own, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to be your helper, right? He's going to be with you. He's going to be your aid and your assistant. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to be your guide. He's going to show you the Father's plan. But also, I'm giving you the power of attorney to use my name because of redemption, because I died and shed my blood. I purchased it with my blood. Number two, because I promised it with, in my word. If you ask anything in my name, whatever you ask will be given to you. 
He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, John 15, verse 7, promise it to you in the word. Number three, to fulfill the call of God. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he would give it to you. And number four, because of the power of the resurrection, the Holy Spirit has come. In that day, the day that I'm raised from the dead, the day the Holy Spirit comes, you'll ask whatever you will. You'll ask the Father in my name, and he will give it to you. Before now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. You know what? Jesus wants you to live a rich, full, abundant life. And you can do that when you walk in authority as a believer. As you walk in authority as a believer, you can begin to demonstrate the ability of Jesus on the earth. You see, we're not here as orphans, but we've been given the Holy Spirit to help. You see, Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and, and he'll give you another comforter. The, the paraclete, one summoned, called to your side. One who pleads another case, the, the helper, the intercessor. He will be with you forever. In John 14, verse 17 and verse 18, he says, he's the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him, but he dwells with you and he shall be in you. He, he dwelt with them in the person of Jesus. In other words, what does the Holy Spirit do? He makes Christ a living reality. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to come to you. He makes Christ a living reality to us. Jesus said in verse 26, John 14, 26, he's going to teach you all things and bring to your remembrance everything that I've said to you. You see, the Holy Spirit will cause the word to come alive to you. The very first thing that happened to me when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit as a believer with the evidence of speaking other tongues. It happened when I was 14 years old. I was born again when I was eight years old, born again in the Fringe Church in Penrose, Colorado, and received Jesus as my Savior. I was saved, but I did not know about the Holy Spirit. But then when I was 14 years old, my mother took me to a Bible study where Andrew Womack was teaching in Lamar, Colorado. The specific night that I was filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, he was actually teaching the Bible study. It was on a Thursday night. It was in my Aunt Ruth's home over in the southeast part of Lamar, Colorado, in a garden-level apartment. And I was actually sitting in the kitchen, and the kitchen connected to the dining room, the dining room connected to the living room. I was sitting in the kitchen, and Andrew taught, and then he gave an altar call at the end of his teaching for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he asked people who needed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come forward. And so those people came forward to receive the Holy Spirit. Then he asked other believers who had already received the Holy Spirit to uh, gather around them and pray for them that they would receive, and then he prayed for them. But when he did that, I went at the end and I got in the very back after the whole thing. He's basically done with the altar call. All these people had gathered around. So it was these people up in the front and they were asking to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then these people gathered around them who are already baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then I came in the back. And so I got in the very back of the crowd. And you know what? I just prayed to God and I just lifted up my hands and I just opened my mouth and I just started speaking in other tongues. And you know what? I just received the Holy Spirit. Some of you that are watching have probably been waiting for years to receive the Holy Spirit. When you, you need to realize he's already been given. The Holy Spirit is already working on the earth. And all you need to do is lift up your hands to heaven and open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit give you the words. The Holy Spirit's not going to take your tongue and move it and make your voice box speak. The Holy Spirit will give you the sy syllables to speak. Paul said, when I speak in the tongues of men and angels. 
And right now, you could receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you desire this, if you're born again, if you know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you can receive it just like I received it. You can just lift up your hands to heaven. And Luke chapter 11 talks about this. It says, you know, if, if we as earthly children or earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, the, the Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. And if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I want you to do this. Praise God. Just reach your hands to heaven and say, Heavenly Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to fill me with your Holy Spirit and to, to give me the gift of, of speaking in tongues. Praise God. The, the, my personal prayer language. And when you pray in tongues, did you know what? Your understanding is unfruitful, but your spirit is edified. And you just ask the Father, in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. Now just open your mouth and just begin to speak those syllables that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind. I'll do it with you. Now, some of you have received that, and I would like you to call in and pray with my prayer ministers, and they'll minister to you more. I also have a book called Absolute Victory in Christ. And if you have prayed today to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, anybody that's watching this in the, in the United States of America, we will send you this book absolutely free of charge. All you need to do is call in and talk to my prayer minister and request it. It talks about three baptisms. It actually talks about uh, uh, walking authority as a believer, but it talks about being born again, receiving Jesus as your Savior, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it also talks about believing the Word.